Welcome to the Banega Swasth India podcast. Our focus this season is One Health, One Planet, One Future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind because only a swasth Bharat can be a sampan Bharat. I'm Ambika Singh Kama and today we will be talking to Pradnya Pethankar, SDG manager at UN World Food Program. We know there's a link between climate change and sustainable development. Can you just uh, tell that in brief for us? Absolutely. Thank you so much Ambika. I think this is a really opportune time for uh, discussion on uh, specifically the impacts of climate change on sustainable development and specifically the sustainable goals uh, which are uh, which are agreed by multiple countries or rather uh, all countries across the world. Uh, however i like to really bring your attention to sdg 2 which actually aims at achieving a hunger free world uh, and it covers all aspects of food and nutrition security and as you know that uh, climate change is already affecting all the four dimensions of uh, food security which are physical availability of food its economic and physical accessibility its use uh, which is consumption and the stability of all these three dimensions over a period of time and as you know that its implications they extend across all determinants of malnutrition uh, moreover the world hunger is on the rise as indicated by recent uh, global statistics as you know the climate crisis conflicts and pandemic are the major drivers but as you know that specifically the progress on uh, the sdg2 has been extremely slow uh and uh, i mean there is uh, interconnectedness between uh, various sdgs and specifically if we talk about sdg2 mm-hmm. i'll say that uh, it is determinant on uh, a lots of factors like the education the the health uh, health and wellbeing uh, or even the gender issues uh, the the foods uh, wastage and losses uh, and uh, most importantly i would say uh, climate change so i would say that climate change uh, actually impacts sdg too much uh, to a greater extent uh, and uh, that's why the the achievement of sdg 2 is quite contingent to uh, the climate change uh, and its impacts you know so you did speak about hunger right i mean india doesn't fare we know it fares really poor actually when we talk about the hunger status and india is among the countries which is likely to bear the worst of you know warm the warming effect how is food production affected by climate change right so if we talk about the food production the first and foremost it is like uh, i mean whenever we talk about the food production it is the most important part is the agriculture sector so when we talk about the agriculture sector uh, it is actually determined by many factors as uh, there is a climate change we talk about the temperature rise the global warming the global warming actually affects uh, the 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 precipitation the rainfall patterns the changes in the rainfall patterns the moisture humidity and all they all have impact on the uh, on the production on the agriculture there are actually the patterns which are changing so there are floods in the areas where there were no floods there are more intense floods the these actions are becoming more i mean the extreme events are becoming more frequent and more intense uh, heat waves are actually really becoming again recurrent all these factors they definitely have impact on overall agriculture production uh, 
when we look at the long term scenario so so okay, we so definitely have uh, that uh, kind of impact on agriculture production okay so we have a lot of questions coming in from our viewers you know first question mm-hmm. i would like to take is parvinder singh he's mm-hmm. asking food systems are impacted by and in turn impact climate change how do we address this twin challenge yeah i think that's a great question because as we know that while uh, we talked about uh, the production i mean the production getting affected by uh, the climate change however it's quite an interesting phenomena that food systems actually give rise to the uh, the greenhouse gas uh, and other elements contributing to about 20 to 30% of uh, global ghg emission and of this 50% is actually contributed by agriculture mm-hmm. so agriculture sectors are the first to be affected by climate change and resulting economic and social consequences they are particularly visible among the poorest households the majority of which actually depends on the agriculture acti- uh, activities and as you know that a lot a huge number of uh, a uh, population is depend specifically if we talk about uh, india a large proportion of uh, population is dependent on agriculture okay. so at the same time the agriculture sector themselves contribute to climate change and thus are a part of solution by reducing greenhouse gas emission and for that i can just say that, that two three points are extremely important which is producers to be at the heart of the solution so the, the solutions must be uh, uh, producer centric mm-hmm. and uh, their access and uh, training uh, and guidance and investments they must be facilitated mm-hmm. and most importantly actually looking at the crops and the crops modification or alternative cropping alternative livelihoods uh, reducing the pressure on agriculture are some of the important strategies which need to be uh, taken into consideration Okay, um, so that I hope Arvinder that answers uh, your question. Angela is asking. Angela S. Nath wants to know uh, how big a challenge is food wastage for climate change and hunger? What can we do at an individual level? That's a fantastic question, and uh, I would say an issue which is really very close to my heart. So, uh, when we are actually uh, really talking about uh, the food wastage and uh, hunger, I mean, you know that yeah. this is actually an opportunity to really highlight that paradox mm-hmm. uh, of hunger and uh, food we- food wastage, which is coexisting. And the problem indeed is very huge. Uh, yeah. And the question is how we actually can really make uh, this one point around one point three. a uh, billion ton of food lost uh, through losses and wastages mm-hmm. to the about 1.6 billion people across the globe, globe who really need them need uh, it and so how we can really achieve the equitable distribution leaving no one behind is the real question and at individual level a lot actually can be really done starting uh, right from uh, bringing the discipline from feeding to cooking practices we waste quite a lot of uh, material i mean if you just say uh, yeah. about the vegetables a lot of things are really thrown out household level storage practices where a lot of food actually gets spoiled and we have to throw it out yeah. so sensitivity on food supply chains reducing transportation costs gag emissions to choice of crops etc so quite a lot actually can begin at the uh, individual level specifically i would say that if you really be, uh, become a change agent by disciplining yourself and your households yeah that's the good beginning i would say yeah so i think each one of us can make a difference and you know what you said about leaving no one behind that's the core focus of our campaign this season uh we're getting a lot of questions uh, animesh prakash is asking 
how climate action can be made more participatory it is nothing but imperative that climate mitigation efforts are led by people's movement if we are serious about avoiding a climate catastrophe so i think it's more I completely of a... agree yeah i completely agree with that statement that community participation and local actions are more imperative than yeah. uh, option and like uh, never before really and that is uh, true for both mitigation and adaptation to climate change so uh, i mean at the community level uh, what actually is important is reporting the changes and challenges the communities are facing and again i would uh, stress this point that it is extremely important to really uh, uh, i mean invest uh, in in the local voices really listen to the local voices uh the most vulnerable communities bring them to the center of decision making and yeah. planning process uh promote locally owned uh, innovative solutions there are lots of people who are actually doing quite a lot of good work mm-hmm. uh and so there is no time now to really waste on uh, educating and all i mean there are lots of good solutions traditionally uh, available and so yeah. it's extremely important to bring these stakeholders together and uh, now really make a change uh, by converting it into the uh, people's movement as uh, animesh has said and calibrate the traditional approaches that are climate responsive yeah. and encourage the local action so that way you actually involve the entire community mm-hmm. the policy dialogue uh, actually has to really uh, be participatory where you hear the voices from the uh, from the community so i think key here the points which you've said and of course making it a people's movement like what we say Uh, the next question anu bothra wants to know i would like to know how does global warming impact crops when it comes to nutritional value of food and staples absolutely i think that is one important aspect because when we are talking about this huge rates of malnutrition and specifically when we talk about the asia pacific region we really carry the highest burden of uh than any other region uh, specifically when it comes to malnutrition and if the climate change is really i mean i would say stealing out the uh, the nutrients from the food that we usually eat then how do we really uh, i mean achieve the sdg2 so yeah. for example one of the reports by ipcc it actually talks about the carbon yeah. emission so if yes. the wheat grown is at uh, around uh, 546 uh, ppm co2 it has about 6 to 13% less protein yeah. and about uh, 3 or 4 to uh, 7% uh, less zinc and uh, even i mean iron which uh, we know that i mean the anemia is like really very high percentages in, of, yeah. in in india and even in the asia pacific region so if those kinds of things are really happening then naturally we have to think about how uh how we are going to really sustain the nutrition in our diets uh, going over a period of time and i mean one of the important aspects is really to look at the climate resilient nutritious crops there is a lot yeah. of talk about millets which is actually ongoing and that is i mean you have the nutritious uh, and climate resilient crop which is there so that is where the millet is also being said as yes. kind of crop for future yeah but at the same time one important thing that is really uh, needs to be taken into consideration is like even the fruits and vegetable production which is we consider as key component of healthy diet uh, is going to be at risk and heat stress actually reduces uh, the the fruit set speeds up the development of uh, the 
the the annual vegetable or i mean losses and all that so so uh, uh, looking at those quality issues increasing the food loss and waste increased investment uh, on the the storage and all is something which is extremely important but what is most important is to really look at the alternate cropping and research that really helps us to further understand it better and also invest in the in the the crops which are more climate responsive and nutritious yeah so i think climate response as well as nutrition impact millet you know this is whole pro- program which even the prime minister has been talking about you know just an interesting question that's come up uh, shreya singh wants to know why is cop 26 important and how does it affect us the young people because you know there's this time there's actually a lot of talk about the cop uh, you know it's going to be starting uh, in a couple of days absolutely so i think uh, the simple uh, answer to this question is that cop 26 is important uh, to secure our current and future generations uh, a safe and secure life for them for our planet because there is no option uh, of planet b there for us mm-hmm. so this actually provides a great opportunity to highlight Uh, and commit to urgent actions by countries across the globe and uh, on the issues of priorities i mean that is just a kind of more of a layman's uh, perspective but if we talk about specific goals uh, the the cop 26 actually has laid down uh, some uh, concrete goals for itself and some of the issues like uh, the the 2030 targets and the on the carbon emissions uh, so net zero target by mid century so yeah. these are some of the opportunities where the resolve by uh, all the countries uh, actually can be renewed uh, then the commitments for completing those commitments and action plan actually can be uh, drawn out uh i mean there is a target of really uh, investing or a minimum of 100 billion dollars uh, on climate finance per year so this is an opportunity where we can actually have a road map for that and also i mean uh, finalizing the paris uh, rule book how we really implement the recommendations of that yeah. and about the interesting part of this question was about uh, the young what young people can really yes, do and i really like yeah i really like that question because you know uh, today's youth generation is i think the largest in the history uh, and uh, the global population if we again talk about i think uh, the the high percentage is uh, is in fact concentrated in low and middle income countries specifically in south uh, and uh, east asia and africa so uh, in fact uh, today's youth generation is on the front line and uh, i mean it will highly cope with the effects of uh, the climate change uh, uh, i mean they themselves as well as uh, for their children uh, during their lifetimes itself and that is where it is extremely important for youth to uh, really get engaged participate yes. raise voice and uh, get the things done so youth has changed agents uh, uh, and the naturally innovators so they have a huge role to really uh, play to be more creative imaginative flexible enterprising yeah uh, and and really contribute uh, and show the way in a way or lead yeah. the way <laughs> that's what i would say so share that answers it really well how the youth you guys need to come forward and you know i mean how important it is actually for the coming generation uh, pranay wants to know what role development finance architecture can play to mitigate the impact of global warming on food systems how can various development cooperation modalities like south south cooperation play i mean a role 
Yeah, I think, I mean, this is a very, very important question. And I just talked about uh, the commitment of Paris Agreement and uh, uh, importance of really developing a, a financial architecture. And specifically, if we talk about global financial architecture, it's quite a complex issue. And it is evolving. I mean, as you know, that the, the way the climate change is really unfolding, this yeah. uh, this uh, entire development finance architecture as well uh, is really evolving uh, over a period of uh, time. And specifically to mitigate uh, the global warming uh, and its impact on food systems, I think it is an area which really needs quite a lot of uh, attention. Okay. And I mean, whenever we really talk about uh, the role of develop, uh, the, the, the development finance architecture, the first important thing, thing is that it's quite complex and it has to really look at uh, fund flows from different uh, multilateral kind of uh, sources. Uh, some of the countries are really going ahead with uh, establishment of uh, the funding mechanisms. For example, India has its own adaptation fund, which are really good examples. But then how those can really be strengthened, how those could be yeah, expanded. And that is extremely important. And I mean, as he has said, I think he talked about uh, the South-South cooperation to play yeah. a vital role. And it indeed has. I mean, because see, the climate doesn't... Uh, uh, know the, the country boundaries. So the change is happening all across. I mean, there could be a bit of uh, variation. However, it doesn't really recognize those man-made boundaries. And so uh, it's extremely important to have this uh, modality. And I would say that uh, for climate change and food systems and food security, South-South uh, cooperation uh, in the coming uh, days would have an extremely important uh, pivotal role. Okay. And India, again, actually uh, can have uh, the, the dual responsibility of, uh, I mean, showing its experience and innovations to yeah. the world to learn from it, as well as uh, the, uh, the India itself really learns from others. So clearly, uh, Pradha, this is a really important topic. We're getting so many questions. Unfortunately, we'll be just be able to take, take, take the last two questions uh, uh, Aradna Shivastava wants to know the connect is critical. I mean, I'm guessing she's talking about climate change and food security. Also brings to mind the questions, does global warming affect women and men differently? Who is more likely to get hungrier with increase with global warming? I mean, who gets more hungrier with global warming? I would say that I mean, biologically, we all should actually be equally hungry. Yes. However, we do understand that women do play a pivotal role again uh, in feeding their families and yeah. communities as they engage in producing, processing, cooking the food as well as I mean, preparing uh, the meals for the entire family, not just for them. And so the food, nutrition, security, resilience to climate change in the agriculture sector, this really largely depends on women. And climate change, in fact, impacts, uh, I mean, among the diverse social groups, depending on age, ethnicity, gender, caste, in our case, wealth, yes. and the class. So climate change, it definitely has immediate and long-term impacts on livelihoods of poor and vulnerable communities. And they actually are contributing to greater risk of food insecurity mm -hmm. uh, that can be a stress multiplier okay. uh, for I mean, and the stress multiplier actually means that, I mean, it will give uh, rise to the migration, which could be internal and external. So it is extremely important to understand the role of women, because if they are migrating, they still uh, 
face drudgery if they are not migrating they are staying back then they have the entire burden of really running the family and so when we talk about these impacts of climate change this definitely has uh, impact on the food security of specifically women and uh, we also know that there are those intra household uh, food insecurity issues which are already there so there are underlying causes which are already there and then the climate impact acts as a risk multiplier mm-hmm. and so uh, it's extremely important to really empower uh, women uh, in the rights based approaches decision making creating synergies among household food security adaptation and mitigation and defining the role of women in all these actions uh, right from the beginning Okay, so the last question, I think you've explained all this really well. Uh, clearly, a lot of people want to know on this topic. So, Shamlina Alima wants to know, how are food systems from farm to plate contributing to climate crisis? Okay, so this, in fact, uh, in it will actually uh, talk about, I mean, I'll just quickly answer this uh, talking about the three, four more, uh, three or four uh, important questions. Uh, uh parts of the food system so if we talk about the production the first and foremost is as i said that uh, i mean the production is impacted by increase in uh, temperature and all which actually yeah. gives rise to heat and water stress there could be increase in infestation of pests there could be diseases we see that due to increase in uh, the temperature and the climate change all of us in in last few years uh, the the vector borne diseases have gone up chikungunya and uh, yes. all that so so i mean but that actually impacts the production mm-hmm. and uh, as i said that the yields the total quantities and also the nutritional value if we talk about the second uh, part of the food system which is storage then again i mean because there could be a variation in the uh, humidity uh, mm-hmm. that actually would impact the pathogen uh, okay. mycotoxins cold storage needs are increased as i said that uh, the the i mean the temperature variation and all mm-hmm. that would really and that actually can really give rise to the food wastage if we talk about the the third stage which is maybe the uh, marketing and uh, the retail and all so there is a impact on the food prices and i mean unfortunately till now i did not talk about it but i mean there is a very high likelihood that the prices of the food really go up if yeah. the prices of the food go up naturally the availability and accessibility economic accessibility reduces, of yeah. the poor will be reduced yeah. and that again has a huge impact on uh, the 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 food and food and nutrition security and the last one i would say is at this point in time i mean just to, for the sake of simplicity i mean i am mindful of uh, the 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 large uh, expanse of the food system but if we talk about consumption and utilization the consumption intestinal nutritional absorption that actually goes down and the nutritional needs will uh, really go up but at the same time what is really important is to look at how this food system can be uh, transformed to make it sustainable and uh, uh, ad- adaptable and responsive to climate change for example uh, when i mean the farmer produces the food uh, if we talk about let's say uh, a millet the millet can be consumed locally 
or if it is a production of wheat the wheat can be consumed locally but usually what happens is the wheat from place a goes to place b yeah. and then during that time it actually utilizes the storages it utilizes the entire uh, the transportation yeah. and then the and that all contributes to uh, the uh, greenhouse uh, gas emissions so so it's very important to look at in the entire uh, value chain or entire food system what are those critical elements where we can really optimize and reduce uh, the impact on the environment as well as also see and that's where also i mean I, there was a question on uh, the local uh, yes. I mean, localization so that localization decentralization all those things actually will need to be looked at uh, uh, i would say a de novo uh thank you so much you know for sharing all this with us and um, you've answered a lot of questions which are viewers and that also shows that you know people understand we really need to start working uh, towards the whole climate change and with cop 26 coming i think we all need to and especially the connection i think this connect which we're talking about this is key thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much it was a pleasure That's it on the Banega's Swast India podcast this week. If you have comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on bsipodcast@ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banega's Swast India. You can also connect with us on Banega's Swast India handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue the conversation through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy, stay safe.